Welcome in, welcome in, welcome friends to the newest edition of 3 In, 3 Out Seahawks What If, the most unique Seahawks preview show in the multiverse. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Come and join me out on Twitter at Clinton Bond. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. And of course, find him out on Twitter at Seahawkers Pod. And it would not be Seahawks What If. We can't have the What If if we didn't have a protector of the Seahawks multiverse to set the stages of what could possibly happen. And that is, of course, Mr. Phil Lydic coming all the way in from his wife's teenage bedroom, because that's where they are for Thanksgiving tomorrow. The giant kitchen, the gluten-free gravy, the whole thing already. Mr. Phil, I know it's your favorite holiday. I know you're thankful. I see you smiling. What it, what are you going to bring us through today? I, I you know, what what's what's the message? What's what's the universe laid out for us look like? The multiverses at 3 and 7. What's it looking like now, Mr. Phil? Well, we got a lot to be thankful for, Clinton, and I'm thankful for all the podcasts we can still listen to because I got a 5-hour drive back from Linwood on Friday after enjoying gravy, gravy and more gravy throughout the day. <laughs> the gravy train will be enjoying Seahawkers podcast and the other great podcasts that Brandon, yourself, and some others put out. And so get to enjoy that on the way back on Friday. Of course, I don't know if it'll pull away from the thankful spirit because I'm kind of anticipating some of the subject matter given what we saw. Sunday might not be all reason to be thankful other than, hey, well, here's something we can be thankful for. It can't get much worse. You know, there's uh, there's only gravy to be added at this point. Yeah, I don't know how it could get much worse. Maybe it could. Maybe it could. And we might even uh, consider that here during this podcast. Before we get started, Brandon, is there anything you need to say before we jump into our what if experience? I am not excited about thinking of the possible worst scenarios <laughs> than what we've seen so far. But you are the protector, Phil. I'm willing to follow your lead. Let's do it. Well, at least we started with ESPN predicting that we wouldn't have any ones, any wins, and we do have <laughs> yeah. a couple of those. Oh, that's we right. Yeah, it was, well, no, it was supposed to be, was it 0 and 8 or 0 and 9? Yes. Yeah. 0 and 8. 0 and 8. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Lots of trades yeah. this year. Trades in, trades out, three wins, three outs, three yeah. in, three out. It's just a three fest. Yeah, it's it's funny too. Like real quickly, the um, it, it was like I think after the Pittsburgh game, I think I made a comment. It might have been on three and three out. It might have been on what if, one or the other. And I said something to you, Brandon, where I was like, "Well, you know, like this is this is probably rock bottom." And, and you're like, "Is it?" And that was the Pittsburgh game. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> looking back now, now, Mister Phil, now I think we could say, you know what, it can't get that much worse. It's like. We either accelerate all the way through and we see this glorious redemption arc or we, we, you know, careen and go over the rails, Thelma and Louise style and, and we're a bad, bad, terrible team this year. So, and, and we, we're we kind gift, of, and we gift your local team, the Jets, a beautiful, beautiful top of the first round pick. How about that? You know, we could really, we could really be a blessing to your neck of the woods. That, okay. That could be the worst if the Seahawks finish with a top five pick that they have to watch another team lose that that could be worst case scenario agreed and then they pick up some dude who goes to the hall of fame then we'll just have to remember sure. that forever as that was the the one losing season of pete carroll and russell wilson's tenure and uh, that's the guy we missed out on and the jets get the next walter jones or something wouldn't that be wouldn't that be uh 
Yeah, that's terrible. Why, that why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> okay, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. Hey, thinking about lots of numbers for the Seahawks, 12 was a really good number last year. We forgot how to be thankful for that. So here's what we get. There, the number three seems to be showing up a lot for Seahawks fans, and let's hope that we move on from the number three. So. I, I don't want to move on from number three. What, where are we going here? <laughs> let's let's move on from one of the number threes. We got rid of a tray. Let's get rid of this tray of wins, and let's start adding some more wins and keep all of our threes and just add to them. How about we add around the number three? Add wins, add players. Wouldn't that be good? That, that sounds outstanding. Sounds That's better. Okay. So what if? What would be the topic this week? And I sat around with a piece of paper trying to think what would be the topic, and I looked over the Washington football team, and something just stands out when you look at their logo and you stare deeply into it. You get this letter. It's a W. It's a W. You have a W. So uh, the topic this week is what if W. What if W? <laughs> and uh, that, that's what we're that's what we have to come up with. And you might expect one of the W's would be that we run away from W land with a W. That would be really great. And uh, but the topics here, the categories are going to be: what if the worst? What if Wilson? And what if we're watching? And so as we're watching, I'm going to get some of your guys' thoughts on on that as we continue to be watching. If you're listening, I'm guessing you will be watching. But let's start with the worst. Let's get the worst out of the way. I, I think that can be therapeutic and helpful. Uh, once again, it's always good to exhale a little bit so you can prepare to uh, inhale Phil, something thought, better. Mr. Phil, I thought we got the worst out of the way in the preamble. <laughs> and now we were careening. We went over the edge. We talked about the Walter Jones pick already. But now we said, how can we get lower? I guess let's Let's lim let's limbo one more one more bar lower. Let's do it. We let's haven't it. got there yet. We're gonna do it with a smile on our face. I can tell that that's what Seahawks fans do. And so, what if it's the worst? And I didn't write down my episode number, so now I've got to do quick math in my head. We've had eleven podcasts. Did we? We've I think had this 12. is our twelfth episode. This is our twelfth episode. Our twelfth episode. I'm not at home, as you know, so I don't have it all up on my computer there. So twelfth episode. That would make it uh, Gravy Trainer. <laughs> I just saw what Clinton has for his title underneath. The Gravy <laughs> Trainer. You're gonna tra you're, you're training to be a gravy connoisseur like myself, I guess. Correct. Correct. If it's if it's episode twelve, then it's Clinton goes first. Okay. Yes. Did you know that, Brendan? No, I yes. I, I have okay. no concept of who goes when. Hands I just when off. you point. I'm even. When you point, I'm going. <laughs> He's even. Okay, we got Clinton. Here we go. What's the worst case of these scenarios? A weak run game, few explosives, no flow from Waldron, too many third and longs, or no pocket. I mean, there's been a lot of this stuff that we've seen. What if they can't get one of these fixed? In other words, this needs to be fixed. What's the worst of the scenarios for the offense as we head in to play the football team with an injured best pass rusher? If you see this again, Clinton, you see this again, you say that is the worst. What would it be? The thing that encompasses them, like I like to put things in compartments and then, you know, Russian, Russian nest doll them into the next one. The thing that I think, the one that stands out for me, it's like, okay. If this is happening, then, then these other things kind of failed also. It's, it is the constantly being in third and longs. Okay. It's just like the third and 10, third and 12, third and eight, third and, third and 16, 
the third and 20 give up play, which we've got really accustomed to. That one to me is, is the most frustrating because it's always like, how do you feel on the couch? You know, are you at the edge of your seat? Are you fiddling with your phone? Are you just dejected back and into the pillows? We're hitting these third and tens at midfield. We talked about the middle of the freaking field all year long. We're at our own 42. It's third and 11. And it's just like, it's, it's almost like, well, might as well just freaking punt. <laughs> it's like, might as well punt on third down because that's, that's how bad it's been. So that's my short answer is if we find ourselves in third and longs again, it's going to be super disappointing and a lot, a lot went wrong. All right. So the gravy trainer has answered, Brandon, if he was Pete and he set rest and Shane down, he said, you got to fix this. I'm tired of having to walk away from the pulpit. I left the offense in your hands and this keeps happening. Gravy trainer says no more third and longs. Are you in agreement or do you want to add something to it? The third and longs are a symptom of a lot of the other problems. Now, the one that you mentioned that I actually would prefer not to see is I don't want to see a lot of explosives. I want to see this team. I want to see them show me that they can pick up consistently short amounts of yards and drive yes. down the field. So that one, it, it's out for me. It's a Pete Carroll stat that he loves to point to. It's someone that we talked about quite a bit on the Seahawkers podcast this week because Pete oh, okay. Carroll loves his certain stats. That's one of them. And I'm, I'm a little bit tired of the focus on it. Uh, considering the other problems that we're seeing with this offense. But if it's not the third and 10, I think that if you're, if you're nesting the, the dolls within, a, within one another, I think it kind of goes back then to the flow of the Shane yes. Waldron offense, because if you aren't flowing on first and second down and, and getting those positive plays on first and second, that's ultimately what leads you to those third and tens. And yeah, you nailed it on the head, Clinton, in that once it gets to third and 10, this, the, the defenses that the Seahawks have been playing, they know exactly how to play us on third and 10. And that is stop any of the plays that go beyond 10 yards because there's not going to be the throw it to Gerald Everett uh, two or three yards short of the sticks and let him make the first down, even though that is outstandingly what he seems to be good at is driving through yes. players and picking up first downs. But uh, we don't seem to want to go there. So I'm going to go with the offensive flow in this case. Get in the flow, baby. Get in That's the flow. I wrote that down. Get in the flow. And I, want, I, I do want to just quickly say to, to Brandon's point there, like, I'm with you. Like, it's the hope is not a strategy. And like, hoping that we just keep pulling rabbits out of our you-know-wheres for like the Tyler Lockett down, down the sideline play. It's like you watch other teams methodically cut us apart. Or cut a team like the Giants. Watch, watch freaking Tampa Bay, what they did. Just watch, watch Hatfield, what he did to us. Just methodically, just taking us apart down the field. Rapid, rapid plays. And then we're just like, all right, this in this particular drive, we actually converted a third and 17 once this game. Lucky us, we got a field goal out of this drive. It's just, it's, it's broken right now. So it's uh you can sense the frustration. But good, good call, Brandon. Great question there from the protector. Get it in the flow. We don't want that chunky gravy. We don't want chunky mashed <laughs> potatoes. We want it smooth, apparently. No giblets in there. We're not looking for that. We just need it just to keep flowing and keep flowing down the Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing to see once again someday? Somebody listen to Tyler Lockett, right? Wouldn't that be nice? Somebody over there. Make him, him take make charge. him the player coach. Like, seriously. Like, I think he'd be a fantastic player coach. Let him do it.
We're going to switch over thinking about defense as we're uh, considering what if the worst happens. And when I mean the worst, I mean we keep seeing the same garbage, right? That, that To me, the worst is we're not fixing things that we need to fix. Mm-hmm. So what if the football team has great offensive success in what area? What would be the worst? I've got some suggestions here once again. Screens are still unsolved, though we were getting better some of the time this last game, but screens still unsolved. No pressure. That seems to be depleting here lately. McLaurin just unaccounted for. Or I could put we could use this word under accounted for. Like let's not just try Sidney Jones on him and say, Oh, I hope you got him, bud. Right? Under accounted for. Or getting overpowered and overmatched on third down. Uh, what would be the worst if you just see this all game and we just haven't uh, Norton's shown no ability to solve one of those areas, Brandon. If you can't get pressure on Heineke, that will give him that opportunity. You mentioned the one target that you have to worry about. Terry McLaurin is, you know, just like with the Packers and Devontae Adams, Terry McLaurin is the football team's Devontae Adams. Like that guy is always getting open. And He's if awesome. you if you give Heineke enough time back there, He's going to find the open guy and he has the arm to get it to him at any one point on the field. Guy's got a good arm. And I'm I'm a little bit concerned that if this pass rush cannot find a way to get to the Washington quarterback, it is going to be a long day for the Seahawks. All right. So what says the gravy trainer? Brandon says no pressure. What do we got here? What will be the worst if we still haven't got this figured out by the end of this game here? Yeah. So the worst sometimes is, you know, somebody, you know, somebody you already know, uh, really, really dragging you through the coals or beating you up. And, and what I mean by that, I'm trying to get into one of my sports apps here because I want to get it, get a line for everybody. Um, as we're doing this, it's, it's McKissick. If McKissick ends up with, and, and this is, and the why is we haven't stopped it all year long. If you want to, if you want to stream a running back in fantasy football or go bet and over in like, you know, and in, in one of the sports booking apps, take the the pass catching back that Seattle's about to go about to go face and take the over on their yards. That's the thing. We haven't stopped it all year. We're really bad at it, rec- recognizing those screens still. And it's going to be a challenge. So if we end up seeing some line where McKissick is six or seven receptions, 80 something yards, whether he gets, you know, touchdown or not really won't matter. Um, that is going to be the danger zone. It's like, and the thing is I have zero, zero confidence. We don't see that line. Like I, yes. again, I'm like, you're find killing me because I'm already expecting it. Yeah. yeah, man. Find find the over under on yards for McKissick receiving. And if, if, if you're a gambling man or woman, lay some wood, the McKissick goes over because, Show me the proof we're going to stop that. I don't buy it. The Swiss Army Knives, they just cut us to death, don't they? Those types of players, for sure. They do. All right, so that would sir, those two things, either one, I don't know what would be worse. If we can't get any pressure, we might as well pack it up. And if we can't figure out that they want to use McKissick, then we're just not paying attention. I, I just, I don't know how, what the solution would be. I don't know what the Seahawks could do uh, to handle that particular one or bring the pressure, but they, they got to figure it out. And that's what they get paid the big bucks for. So thinking of W's, as we keep going on W's here, there's a very, very important W and he named his son win, starting with a W. So wins <laughs> are hugely important to this man. 
But Mr. Wilson, Mr. Wilson himself, uh, he's kind of been in all of our minds as to what's going on with this season, with that particular W. So as we go to this next question, what if Wilson can find some sweet rhythm this week? What if he can finally find some of that sweet rhythm we've been hoping to see? Why do you expect this could be? If you're looking and saying, now, if this can happen, Wilson can have his rhythm. Will it be just he gets his accuracy finally dialed in? Will he have time to throw? Will it be his anticipations finally getting back, adjusted to anticipating the openings? Will it be scheme? Will we have to give Waldron a lot of credit for that? Will it be because we finally got a run game having some rhythm, and that's where Russell's rhythm is? Or playmakers just getting open? Those are just some ideas there, uh, Clinton. What do you think? If Wilson finds a sweet rhythm, why will it be? We talked about this on three and three out. We, you know, I, I let out with, hey, Russ was a lot better. He, was, he wasn't good yet. He wasn't good. Juxtaposed the game beforehand, he was a lot better. He was more accurate, better downfield balls. He still had some, what seemingly seemed like some vision problems. He was seeing some ghosts. That's, I don't know if that's going to get cleaned up this year or not. I just don't know. Um, where we had success and, and a major failure last game that we didn't, didn't do this on repeat, like Cardinals saw something, they did it on repeat, and we never stopped it. We did things, we had success, and we didn't go back to them. And that is just play action and get, getting him, getting him on, on the rollout. Getting because, and there's there's some stuff as to why there. It's like for me, those types of plays are the ones where we got crossers. It's like we'll have a little play action pass. Russ gets to do a little boot, and then it's like a little drag coming across across the screen, and it's like Lockett coming across, or you know, or or Everett coming across. Um, it just seems to be the plays that that end up with with just higher success rate for us. So I don't know. It's like. I feel like we got to just got to go back to some freaking basics of like what works well for this quarterback and this team and do a lot of that. So if Russ is in rhythm and has a, you know, a better yet game and we end up on the W side, I think it's because we did a lot of play action. And, uh, you know, there's also good studies out there that say, regardless of how your run game is doing, the act of play action is still rather successful on a play by play basis. Even if you're getting stuffed the line, Play action itself does what it does. It holds people. You know, it, it freezes linebackers for a split second. Um, and that should be enough with, with the playmakers we have. So that's it, man. Let's get the rollouts. Let's get the play action. And let's do like 50, 60% of that from under center. I was so excited that they got under center. I was thinking, we're going to have some great offense this game. And then we got 13 points. But they were, Brandon, they what were, do you say? Yeah, there were spurts of it, though. It was there. Man, if Clinton is thinking that they're going to run play action without having success uh, running the football, uh, I, I, that would be the first game, I think, as a Seahawks fan, that I would see them actually running play action without you know, earning it first. And so I, I'm going with the run game. I think that we saw some DJ Dallas in the second half. He was having some success running. We saw Alex Collins with some successful running plays. I think against this Washington defense, it's going to take uh, uh, just like they focused on the run. They waited till the second half to do it against the Steelers. I don't think they're going to wait this time. And if they're able to have that success running the football early, then I think we'll start to see that rhythm that we expect that and and then opening it up into the play action that we expect. But I think 
that they're going to have to do it by having success on the ground first. Yeah, well, and Penny looked great on all of his healthy runs. Uh, Every single one of Penny's healthy runs, that dude looked like the first round pick we all expected. Very good. What if Wilson doesn't necessarily play great, but finally gets his clutch mojo back? How do you think that'll impact the team going forward? Let's say, you know, Russ is just kind of, he's, he's battling, he's, he's keeping us in there, but his clutch mojo shows up on some of the important thirds or force. And then in the end, he finds a way to get it done and get that beautiful big W that Mr. W wants. How will that impact this team, this particular team going forward? What do you think that might do, Brandon? You know, I'm actually worried about this. Now I feel like I'm going back to worst case type mode because. Really? Yeah. If he gets his mojo back, I feel like nothing is going to change in how this team operates and that it can count on Russ to win at the end. All they have to do is keep it close. And for the long term success, I don't think that that's ultimately what's best for the team. I I think they need to find a way to operate and have success through all four quarters, not just hope to have success within the fourth quarter and, and pull out the wins because even in the past, we've seen that that's not enough. And to hope for, for that to be what the winning formula is. I expect more from Shane Waldron. I expect more from Russ. I expect to have an offense that can run well with Russell at quarterback, independent of who's in the backfield. Now, I wouldn't be opposed to Russ having success in the fourth <laughs> quarter and and showing us that he has that comeback mojo still in him. I think it's there. I just, I don't want to be counting on it. Yeah, and there's a lot of wisdom in that. I guess I meant he, I'm not saying it's only in the fourth, kind of like he makes some big third downs. He's, he never really gets in rhythm, but he's making some big key plays. Maybe he scrambles for a couple and he just gets those clutch moments into the half. Some of those things going, you think we'll still just end up being same old. It's just, that I, that I think out. back to these last couple losses and it's almost like that expectation is, uh, is there for Pete that Russ is going to be that quarterback in the fourth quarter. They just have to keep it close until the fourth quarter. And that's part of the the reason for the struggles with Russ coming back these last couple games is that it's almost that there's a reliance on it rather than yeah. going out there and, and trying to uh, at least, you know, put together some good drives at first, uh, just within the first three quarters, put together some good drives. That's all I want. Yeah. I have no doubt that Pete was hoping for that. Listen to the Salk show. I, I really believe he thinks if the defense could have stopped that last touchdown drive or even held him to a field goal, that he had confidence Russ was going to take him down there and do it. You got that feeling from listening to him. What do you think, Clinton, if this happens? What will that mean for the the Hawks going forward if he gets some of his clutch mojo back? Just It's more of a jump off of where Brandon's going because I, I think it's, yeah, that's it's true that Pete and others uh, were like, yeah, if we only got that last stop, I talked about it on three and three out after we, after DJ Dallas scored that, that walk-in touchdown, I was like, we're not, we're not stopping. We're not stopping this freaking Hatfield led team. We're not doing it because we haven't done it all game. I, I like I know how you carried this over that. I, I said that you couldn't use the name Colt McCoy in the last episode of three and three out. So you're continuing <laughs> to use his moniker that we gave to him in that episode, carrying it over to this week. Well done. 
Yeah. Thank you very much. You know, like you need to listen to all the things. And if you're lost, well, that's on you. That's a you problem. Not, not me. Go back and go back and do some. Somebody's listening going, man, I really like this. The, the Phil, the protector episodes. Why are they keep calling out a guy named Hatfield? Uh, uh, and, you know, and, and it's for me, it's, it's less about, it's less about Russ getting that, that mojo back. Cause I don't think that left. I, I think it's, that's there. That'll always be there. It is. It is not punting from our own from the from the opponent's forty-eight. It is going on fourth and one. It is doing but things. With this offense, with this offense, do you really think they should go for it? Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Okay. Because, I'm not saying re- you're wrong. I, no, I just get but, the point. But the, re- the reason is you've got to change. Like that. That's the thing. Is like those things deflate. Those things deject. And we need. We need to change. That's a real change in 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 momentum. That's a real change in like. All right. We're not going to just rely that we could pin them at the five yard line. We're going to, and by the way, when you go on fourth and two and you go on fourth and three, I'm sure, not saying fourth it's and be, seven. Some people were throwing a fit about fourth and because, seven because that's when Russ can, can get some mojo back also, but do it in the second quarter. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be fourth quarter magic. We're, we're just, we're, we're still way too reliant. This is years now, years on this idea that Russ will save the day because he has before. And it's, and it's, you know, I, I look at another team. I look at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl after that broken play to Tyreek Hill. They were not in that game. That third and long to Tyreek Hill versus the Niners. And thankfully so, they go on to wipe them clean. Ever since that, they've, they've still been like a broken team in, in ways since then. Um, they haven't, you know, go watch their game against Dallas. It's, or, or a couple of weeks ago when, when uh, they squeaked by uh, the Packers when, when, when Rodgers was out. And it is Mahomes finding a way. Cool. Guess, guess what, Chiefs fans? We saw that, you know, we saw that in 2015, 2016. You know, Russ finds a way. 2017, that runs out when some of the depletion around you happens. I've seen it before. And it's not what we need to do to move forward. We actually have to fix the systemic problem that this offense doesn't know how to move the ball consistently. Very good thoughts. Very good thoughts. Yeah, I think that helps a little bit with kind of the, some of the real actual philosophical issues here. Well, in the last category here, this is Seahawks' what if. And so we consider the multiverse. We know the watcher sees all the different versions of reality that take place ahead and finds ways to enjoy. This third point is about watching. It's about watching. And here's where I am counting on you, us out there in our Seahawk fandom. We're counting on you and Brandon to help us. Um, I, I would have some thoughts, but I, but I believe you could help a lot of people. And as we consider the reality of where we're at in this situation of a 3-7 and seven team, what if watching can still be fun? I believe it can be, but how can this be? How can the two of you, starting with Clinton, help Seahawk fans with a 3-7 and seven team how can it best be fun? Start with you, Clinton. So this question is a heck of a lot simpler and easier if Trey Brown didn't blow out blow out his uh patella. Okay, yeah. Um, it could be because he was he was such a standout and he, and he was fun to watch and something you could anchor on to say, all right, you know, maybe a lost season, but we we have a we have a stud corner and watch that development. So we got robbed of that, and uh, you know, and for for you know that that's oh, poor us. We have a young man who's who's you know careers now in jeopardy. He's got who's got to rehab the right way. So good good luck to good luck to Trey Brown. Um, I think there could be some fun. I'm, ba- I'm bouncing around the room here, like, well, what aspect of this could be fun? But it's a really really good question. 
I can take over. I, I know exactly you know what, what I want to say. I'll, if you, I'll, if you yeah, want to tag out, I'll tag out. You got it. You go first. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm standing up on the, on the, the turnbuckle it. there, like holding my hand yeah, as far yeah. into the ring as I can. <laughs> tag me, tag me in. That's it. I got the, I got the Mr. Fuji dust in my eyes. I can't quite see it, but now I reach over and tag you and you take it. This to me is, this was one of our topics on the Seahawkers podcast this week. So if you want some more on this, the fun that I could see is if Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, the coordinators look at this as, as a season for what it is. The, the season, they aren't going to the playoffs. So have some fun with it. Try and workshop some things that you have been curious about that you want to see the offense do next season. So kind of take it as a workshop. You, you have a blank canvas now for the rest of the season. You, you don't have to be concerned about the postseason. Paint what you will and and see what comes up. If if things if it you know turns out to be a turd, you throw it in the garbage. You don't go back there again. You know that you don't have to explore that for next season. But you have some things in mind that you want to do. And that, to me, I, I could see the fun in that because we might see some things that this team hasn't done before and at least has an opportunity to experiment. I, I like it. And I want to I want to jump off of that and maybe go a level deeper because that helped me, by the way. Thank you, Brandon. For, yeah, Mr. For, you Fuji know, you, is on the mat. Now you, you realize, can, yeah, you realize you where in. it was. Yeah. Now you can yeah, get I, your revenge. And so, so taking that, and then it's like, can we can we get back to some some semblance of what Week One offense looked like? And that to me means D. Eskridge is on the field a lot, and he is in motion a lot. Whether he's getting the ball or he's a decoy, doesn't matter. Yes. Can we get can we get the D. Eskridge show? And I mentioned this on three and three out that I'm like somehow some way D. Eskridge became a keystone to Waldron's plan, and when he got he was hurt early uh, preseason when he got knocked out it's it's like it's like another timeline in the multiverse opened up and it's like yeah. there was no accounting for what do we do if we don't have that type of player which by the way we were like well we saw penny hart do some some nice things we saw swain do some nice things does it have to be that type of burner like that that real type of quickness i'm not sure that it had to be but to answer the question let's see the d show you know, let, let that sounds weird. Let's see the D Eskridge show. Let let's see lots of D Eskridge and see see what that young man can do. And can there be some chemistry between Russ and D Eskridge? So we don't have to get the video of D flying to like Honolulu in the off season, like oh, working with Russ, and we have to hope for it next year. We actually see it on the field in this second half, and we're like, okay, that is a building block that we could take into next year and be really, really looking forward to. All right. Well, you guys kind of moved it right into where my other watching question would be. And this is me more even focused on fans. I, I talked about fun and you guys kind of uh, built it toward this anyway. So obviously you think learning is fun. So <laughs> what if watching can also be educational? How can we learn about the team's direction and future as we observe this game um, as fans here against the football team, they're probably a team in a different spot, uh, similar challenges this particular season. They're kind of in a different spot going forward. They don't have the same quarterback and, and such. But for us as fans, as we watch this game, how might we learn some things? How can we get some education as to kind of the vibe, the direction, uh, what we have to look forward to, Brandon? This will tell us who the quitters are. 
We will we will mm. know which Seahawks players are the quitters. That's something that we we really haven't had to watch out for because they've always been in it at this point of the season. And there's players that know, just as the fans know, that the season is is rapidly coming to a close in terms of playoff hopes. Once the door slams shut, for sure, in those players' minds, uh, we're gonna we're gonna know that the ones who stop playing, it's gonna be painfully obvious, and uh, those might not be the guys that are back with the team next year. Well, I think they should go for it, right? I mean, every game is every NFL game is a could be a fun win. Yeah, we know Why what they should do. That? I mean, they're professional athletes getting yeah. paid. Sure. No, that's a great thought. Let's watch who the quitters are. Also, if I was on the team, I wouldn't be giving up, you know, because I think a team with eight losses might have a chance this year. Let's get a winning season, right? I mean, in their mind, they should still be trying for a winning season. Every time you get a winning season, that's a win. So th- that's not off the table. They need to be, they have a lot to play for and for one another. So, yeah, who are the quitters? That's something we can learn. What do you think, Clinton? I love the answer uh, from, from Brandon. I think that's the one thing we kept talking about, you know, weeks previous is, we haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen the team give up because that's when it's like regime change and like all these other, other things that can cascade with that. Um, we haven't seen that yet. And and by the way, do some players desire that? Is that the end game they actually want? And if they're like, well, you know what? I'm not going to risk myself this year. I'm not, I'm not going to be the one who, who you know gets hurt. This is my paycheck. And the by proxy, we get a regime change. They might be looking at a two for one that they actually want here. So it's, it'll be very interesting to watch and then understand what's their motive. Um, to answer, answer it for myself, it's I'm a Mets fan. <laughs> so what the Mets do every single year, because they're not a very good baseball team often, is they give you one last tease, one last tease after the All-Star uh. break, where it's, it's one last time where it's like they, they'll string together six wins. They'll go on like a West Coast swing. And every time you wait, because you know I'm, I'm on the East Coast, so it's like, yeah, they're going to go play the Padres. And you wake up like, oh, they they won that game. Interesting. One second, Clinton. As a Seahawk fan from way back, we know what that's like too, a little bit. The <laughs> yes, one last right, tease, right? Yeah. yeah. One, that that one last tease, right? So uh, I'll be I'll be watching and 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 learning basically for myself. Like, can I be fooled again? Can can the Seahawks? And the answer is, by the way, yes. Um, can the Seahawks rattle off, let's say, the next two victories, and we get we get a one or two breaks from the people that are ahead of us, and we can we get that glimmer back, being like, oh, heading into the Houston game, we could still do this. So I'll be I'll be testing myself to see if I could be fooled again, but I want to be fooled again. I, I want I want yes. this to happen. So that's, that's a good point. Watching. Like the longtime girlfriend, beleaguered girlfriend of a Mets fan, please. Just just tell me something that I can <laughs> maybe believe in. I think that the 49ers fans are in this boat right now because they have beaten the Rams and then they beat the Jaguars and they've tricked themselves into thinking that, they, that their team can still make something of this season when it just it turns out that the 49ers are a bad team and they're going to lose to the Vikings this weekend. Oh, and next week we'll have a lot to be to have fun. There'll, there'll be plenty of ways to have fun when we play the Niners in our game that we've been taken off of prime time and relegated back to regular time just to destroy their hopes and dreams of the season. There's plenty to look forward to. We can't look past this W, this W game. And so there'll be some things to watch. There'll definitely be some things to watch. Every game with a chance to win, always fun, always fun. Any other thoughts, gentlemen? Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Well, you're probably listening to this after Thanksgiving, so hopefully you all had a happy Thanksgiving. Drive safely wherever you might be going. 
good good call you know always always important to uh to do that and uh my last again not not financial advice however if you have the ability to hammer something J- jd mckissick whatever his do his not yard, bet against your own team over. if i it's have not, anything to put out do not bet I'm against not, your own seahawks I'm team i'm not betting against i'm not betting the wft to win you're, you're I'm just not taking, hedging that the the washington I'm not taking the listen i'm not taking the money line i'm just saying if, if it's if it's like mckissick whatever 37 yards for or over 41 yards or over receiving hammer the crap out of that bet because if you like money it's you'll have more of it Ladies and gentlemen, the advice of what if should not be taken. It should not. You should not put your finances at risk. You by should listening put your to... money on the Vikings to beat the 49ers. That's nice. Oh, I think nice. that's where you're going with it, right, Phil? Pound, <laughs> pound, pound, never bet. Pound, pound, never bet. Your family is more valuable. It, it, all, all true things. And and with that, you know, uh, you know, whatever, whatever your your vices are, if it's uh, if it's if it's money that you you could afford to to burn and not worry about it, then just gamble with gravy. Gamble with your gravy. With gravy. Exactly. That that's the gravy that's the train. Gravy train you want. That, yep. That's it. Take that gravy train. If it's extra money, you truly don't give give a darn about. Put it into the gravy market. Good good commodities. All right, gentlemen. All right. What if we say go hawks? Go hawks. Go hawks. <laughs>